Welcome to the Refresh from Insider. I'm Kay Moynihan. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. It's Wednesday, September 21st, and we're here updating the headlines whenever there's news, all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. New York Attorney General Letitia James delivered a major announcement today. We are filing a lawsuit against Donald Trump for violating the law as part of his efforts to generate profits for himself, his family, and his company. The state suit includes Donald Trump's three adult children and the Trump Organization. James is seeking $250 million in penalties, as well as trying to bar the Trumps from ever running a business in New York again. At issue is whether the former president manipulated the value of his skyscrapers and golf courses to get millions in loans and misled tax authorities. James also says she believes Trump and his business have broken criminal laws, and she referred her findings to federal prosecutors. One-way flights out of Russia are selling out after Vladimir Putin announced this morning that he's calling up military reserves to fight in Ukraine. Putin's calling it a partial mobilization, not an all-out draft, but the run on plane tickets to places like Turkey and Armenia, which don't require visas, suggests fear of wider conscription. Russia has struggled to replenish its forces recently, as Ukraine has been reconquering areas occupied by Russians. President Biden has asked the United Nations to recommit to avoiding nuclear war after Vladimir Putin made a threat earlier today. A nuclear war cannot be won and must never be fought. The president spoke to the U.N. General Assembly in a wide-ranging speech that covered climate change, new technologies, and upholding democracy. Biden also announced $2.9 billion worth of funding to tackle food insecurity. He said 193 million people are struggling with food supplies and Russia has tried to blame sanctions for the situation. Our sanctions explicitly allow Russia the ability to export food and fertilizer. No limitation. It's Russia's war that is worsening food insecurity. And only Russia can end it. Imagine this. You need to make a quick grocery run. You throw on a coat, grab your car keys, you breathe into your car's built-in breathalyzer and go. That last part, or something like it, could become a standard feature in every new car if the National Transportation Safety Board gets its way. The federal agency issued a non-binding recommendation that all new vehicles come with anti-drunk driving technology. Congress issued a similar mandate as part of this year's bipartisan infrastructure bill. What makes a song a banger? Well, whatever it is, the new Space Force song doesn't have it. The newest branch of the U.S. military debuted its official anthem on Tuesday. Critics are unimpressed with the lyrics, and not just music critics. Kevin Barron, executive director of military news site Defense One, tweeted, The lyrics are awful. He took issue with one particular line. There is no limit to our sky. Barron says that's inaccurate, writing, quote, There is a limit to our sky. It's called space. Sky ends. Space begins. Did you know you can share any of our segments on social media? Just look in the description section on your podcast app and you'll see a little share link next to each story. It's easy. Give it a try. 
Today and every day, we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens, so check back whenever you want to know the latest. At least seven people have been killed in Iran, including a police officer, as the fifth day of protests erupted yesterday. That's according to the BBC. The unrest is over Masha Amini, who died in custody after the so-called morality police arrested her in Tehran for wearing her hijab too loosely. Women have been taken to the streets and burning their mandatory hijabs. They're chanting death to the dictator and were met with tear gas and water cannons in what's being called one of Iran's most violent protests. President Ibrahim Raisi spoke at the U.N. General Assembly in New York this morning and hundreds gathered near the U.N. to protest his speech. The 50 Venezuelan migrants sent to Martha's Vineyard are suing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and his transportation secretary for a fraudulent and discriminatory scheme to relocate them. The class action lawsuit claims they were falsely told they were going to Boston or D.C. and that they were coerced with $10 McDonald's gift cards. And the U.N. has chimed in, saying the undocumented immigrants were fleeing a country that was engaging in crimes against humanity. China seems to be backing off from its saber-rattling over Taiwan. A spokesperson for the Chinese government says while it's inevitable Taiwan will come back under Chinese control at some point, it wants to achieve that peacefully. China's been conducting military drills since House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan in early August. Earlier this week, in an interview on CBS 60 Minutes, President Biden signaled the U.S. is prepared to defend Taiwan if necessary, and this week, a U.S. Navy warship passed through the Taiwan Strait between the two countries. How do you like your chicken? Roasted? Fried? How about gently poached in over-the-counter cold and flu medication? Don't ask me why, but NyQuil chicken is going viral on TikTok. Oh, sometimes the steam really makes you sleepy. What you're looking for is that blue color right there. The FDA isn't laughing, though. The agency responded saying the challenge sounds silly and unappetizing. It probably goes without saying, but it could also be really dangerous. Heating up the mixture could mean breathing in a dangerous dose. TikTok is now taking down any videos about so-called sleepy chicken. Scientists in China have successfully cloned an Arctic wolf. The clone is known as Maya, and she just turned 100 days old, making a significant point in what's being called a landmark project. Although cloning is always controversial and some consider it unethical, scientists hope it might be a tool to help protect endangered species. In Saudi Arabia, the ability to snitch on your friends and neighbors for crimes against the state is just a few taps away. Many citizens are using a cell phone app called Kelowna Am to report anyone speaking out against the government. The stakes are incredibly high. Recently, an activist who was outed on the app was sentenced to over 30 years in prison. And despite having strict policies against apps that encourage harassment and discrimination, Google and Apple allow the app to be downloaded from their app store. Pete Guest, who writes about human rights and technology, is here to tell us what's going on in Saudi Arabia and what it can mean for the rest of the world. So Kolona um, is an app created by the authorities in Saudi Arabia, ostensibly so that ordinary citizens can report minor crimes like traffic violations. And it describes itself as a way for ordinary citizens to be police officers. Hmm. But 
it's been used in a far wider scope to inform on a spectrum of offences from political crimes, like criticising the royal family, or crimes of what they call their indecency. So openly discussing gender and sexuality or identifying yourself as a member of a sexual minority. People will then you know, use the app to inform the authorities on your behaviour. Tell us about the kinds of things people are speaking out about on social media. So some of the people that I spoke to around this story, they're people who are advocating for LGBTQIA rights. They're people who are advocating for, for example, rights for domestic violence victims. These are things which are, which are not openly discussed in Saudi Arabia, which is a you know very conservative theocracy. So putting your head above the parapet to speak about those things is quite dangerous. Uh, doing that on social media even more so. And what is the incentive to snitch on your fellow citizens? So there's a variety of reasons. Sometimes people genuinely are offended, and this is a way to kind of weaponize that offense. But you know, th these kind of tactics, getting people to inform on one another, are standard tactics within authoritarian regimes. You know, the aim is partly to get people to just feel afraid has create a sense of paranoia and unease that makes people self-censor. So they think twice about saying something seditious or dangerous because they could be being watched. And also, if the app is there and someone says something dangerous, you might feel you need to be the first person to inform just in case someone else informs on you. You spoke to some activists and you've reported on some of the people who were punished. So tell us about the harshest sentences given to people and why they were given those sentences. So some of these sentences are, you know, 20 years uh, or more. And I think the, the most shocking thing about them is that these aren't sort of hardened activists and political opponents. They are ordinary people who have perhaps liked or retweeted or, you know, just engaged with content which the government has decided is, is seditious. So how do Google and Apple allow this app, host this app, when they have a policy that's supposed to prevent apps that cause people harm? You have to remember that this is an app that is created by the Saudi government. And both of those companies operate in Saudi. So they have to make judgments, I think, on what is legally acceptable within the countries they're operating in and what is morally or ethically acceptable within the practices that they, that they allow and enable. It's a challenge that companies have faced for decades, but I think the tech companies are probably facing it very, very currently. Mm. Pete, based on the people you've spoken to, do Google and Apple hold any responsibility? So certainly the activists that I speak to think so. Mm. They think that a company which hosts this app, which provides the platform on which it's used, must have some responsibility for its use. So Pete, what do you think, based on your reporting, are the larger implications of this app? I think it isn't just this app. And I think something that when you're discussing human rights and the use of technology for oppression and for the kind of export of oppression is that technology allows you to do things that authoritarian and autocratic governments do just at a bigger scale. And it allows them to do those things outside of their own borders. I'm not comparing the US with Saudi Arabia, but I do live in Texas where people are now being encouraged to report on, say, people performing abortions or getting abortions. And I can't help but think of the use of technology in a place like the US. This is absolutely the case. And I think, look, we are talking here about a very brutal dictatorship, but also we're talking about a very specific app here. But realistically, the things that Colin and allow you to do, you can replicate those on other platforms. And I think we've seen in the US, we've seen it in Europe, we've seen it in Southeast Asia. So we are seeing very commonly used apps like Telegram being used in a similar kind of way, where you're finding that far-right groups, anti-abortion groups, misogynist groups 
are using Telegram or other social media net platforms to crowdsource information to then reveal the location of abortion clinics or to find you know personal medical information about women and judges in Tunisia or to you know out supposed spies in Ukraine you know these platforms are widely used and uh, there's no real effort to do anything about it at the moment Pete, thank you so much for chatting and for your reporting. Great pleasure. Pete Guest is a journalist who reports on technology and human rights issues. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play The Refresh from Insider podcast. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Kay Moynihan. Talk to you soon. Bye.